All right, Chris. <clears throat> I'm gonna. That, why did I cough into the mic? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was not good. That was not good. Yeah. Uh, I, I sometimes you think, or sometimes one forgets that you're on a podcast where actually you have to act very differently than a regular conversation. Like a cough, a very very loud cough into a mic is not ideal for a podcast, right? What are you talking about? That's the best kind of thing. Like that's that's why I'm always like swallowing and smacking my lips on the uh, like when we're recording because that's just how conversations go this is supernatural right now so a hundred percent you know i was actually thinking earlier today that i think that this podcast is the closest thing i have to a marriage in my life uh, <laughs> i'm a little bit caught off guard <clears throat> i will take this as a compliment yes it is a compliment but also like a sign of it's just because it's like it's combined it's it's like a very fun thing to do it's happy but it also includes responsibilities and things that have to get done and deadlines and difficulties as well it's just like it's a really but it's a sustained relationship that you can't just like peace out and just do nothing and leave it's a really interesting dynamic if you're thinking about this we are the parents and this podcast is our child exactly but you and, hate children, but not but this I love one. our podcast. I mean, I just, I guess, I guess, you know, I just, I hate all of my, ch all of the children except of my own. So here we are. This is, a, <laughs> let's, let's, let's actually talk about what we're here to do because this is freaking me out. <laughs> are you going through an existential crisis right now? I don't want children. So I don't like this would only lead me to cancel this podcast. So, whoa, you said the C word. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can we just start from the beginning? After the great success of our top 10 movies of the 2010s, there was by popular demand, we're now doing the uh, top 10 movies of the 2000s. And I'm prepared, Rashad. I don't know. How, are you prepared? I'm never that prepared. But I am prepared. But I'm not like... The thing is, like, your level of preparation is way beyond my scope of understanding or ability to, like, comprehend. So, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm prepared for my levels. Well, you you have uh, you have healthy boundaries and I have an obsession, so... There's that. <laughs> so did you find that, did you find making this uh, top 10 easier or dif more difficult than the other one? I found it more difficult because you t I tended to balance or it hurt. It was hard to sometimes divorce nostalgia from the actual films. Mm. Um, and I mean, the, the 2000s is such a weird era for filmmaking. Not weird in terms of the quality of the films were bad, but it's it's an era that sort of begins it begins with people like roman polanski still winning best director and ends with the emergence of some of the greatest like auteur single vision directors that we have out there until this day so it's a really interesting uh time for film and if you put that on top of the fact that a lot of these films i haven't seen for a good 10 years 
it, it's hard to forget or remember what they actually were or how they hold up and how to forget some of this nostalgia that we have ra- I have wrapped up around them. So it's a very weird position to be in. So I found it somewhat difficult. I think I think in the end it was more difficult than the 2010s, especially because I actually thought the 2010s would be much better or much much more difficult to parse down. But I think because of recency bias, it was or they're more on top of mind that it was or maybe by the 2010s, I had more of a, a critical eye for film than in the 2000s where, you know, you're just a dumb kid watching whatever and just watching, I don't know, Transformers being like, hey, this is cool. Bad example. Speak for but, yourself. <laughs> but in reality, uh, the films that do kind of speak to you end up speaking to me. So I didn't find it too difficult, not nearly as difficult as you found it for sure. Yeah, it's interesting to for, for it was interesting for me to see how my relationship with specific movies has changed over time, and you know there are definitely some movies that are not as high on the list than I thought they were gonna be. Like if you had asked me ten years ago, my my list would be very different. Different, um, and yeah, there were surprisingly many good movies, though not you know it's a different era of filmmaking for sure, but. I don't know. You were saying earlier about like separating nostalgia from it, but I don't. I was obviously like aware of nostalgia, and it's all over this list. But I don't really think we need to separate it because this is our favorite movies. Not we're trying to be like quote unquote objectively talking about what are the best movies, you know. So I think nostalgia is a part of it, and it's okay. Yeah, it's a part of it. But as I explained in the last one, for me, the methodology is so much about balancing quality and affinity for things, right? If I were to do something that was entirely just movies that I liked, regardless of their their quality, it would be a very different list or somewhat different list as opposed to something that is, all right, here are like the nexus of the best films verse and the nexus of the films that I particularly love. And those are the ones that I think are the best films or for me, considering them the best films of the thousands or any specific time frame that we have. Last time I was really surprised how little overlap there was. And this time, I think I I, I fully expect there to be uh, just as little or even less overlap. Mm. I'd be very surprised if there's more than two or three. Mm-hmm. And I, I will venture a guess that one thing that made it made it very difficult for me is um, that there were so many good animated movies in this decade. And uh, I tried to persuade you to exclude them from this discussion, but you were very, very adamant about this. And I resented you for it. Uh, but here we are. And I have I'm playing by your rules, I guess. Um, but I, I feel like maybe, you know, the overlap might just be the animated ones. Um, I'm curious to see. You're right. Animated films really were so strong in the 2000s. It was absolutely incredible, especially because Pixar was on its A game, I think, during this time. And, and it's obviously not just Pixar, but so many other films as well. But 
I firmly stand by that decision to <laughs> not separate animated <laughs> because it's absolute bullshit that we qualify films by making animated films versus live action films. So I, I think it's absolutely we need to have all the films together here. And it, it just it's the antithesis of everything I believe in with films to separate animated versus non-animated. Oh, I agree. I just wanted to make life easier for myself. So Okay, great. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. So here we are. Um, I think last time I started. So you're gonna start again with your. You have, as I understand, like a top fifty or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think what you should do is just go through fifty through eleven, knock them all out. Are you sure? And then we will go into our top um, ten. <laughs> top ten. Yes. Well, we're Are you sure? To be because last here. time we did it differently. Just you know. And I didn't like that. Fun. Oh, so I, I see. Do it okay. The opposite this time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will. Yes, I have a top fifty. Uh, Forty of which are ranked. The last ten are not. So I will so again. So specific. That's so so specific. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of, for in my head, those like the last ten are kind of honorable mentions. So I didn't care. Like I, I did want to mention them, but I don't care too much about them obviously <laughs> uh, so i i just wanted to name them but i was like why would i you know rank them i don't care um so i will go in increments of 10 again um and so the last 10 i guess 41 to 50 are um the born identity district 9 downfall gladiator inside man old boy the place promised in our early days, shoot 'em up, Itumama Tambien, and Zodiac. That's a really solid list, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's already starting really good. Yeah. <laughs> and next up, my uh, numbers 31 to 40, now ranked. The other one were just in alphabetical order. Should I, should I count it down or should I go from 31 to 32, 33? No, no, no. You got to count down here. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I will just go like and I will like mm, take a break after each, you know, in like group of 10 and I can just, say so you can about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um number 40, 5 centimeters per second. Number 39, Finding Nemo. Number 38, Master and Commander. Number 37, Thank you for smoking. 36 is City of God. 35 Fantastic Mr. Fox, 34, Kill Bill, 33, Moulin Rouge, 32, In the, in the Mood for Love, and 31, Up. So good. I mean, you, you already see like how animated films are going to be a huge part of this entire mm-hmm. experience. So good work. Thanks. Okay. Uh, 21 to 30. 30. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. That's the first one, right? That's 30. No, that's the first Pirates, right? <laughs> Just... Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a surprisingly still good action movie. All of the other ones are bad. This one is actually good, I think. Um, number 29, Up in the Air. 28, Millennium Actress. 27, Monsters, Inc. 26, the Girl Who Leapt Through Time, 25, Juno, 24, Ocean's Eleven, 23, The Dark Knight, 22, Wally, 
and 21, The White Ribbon. Quite a few movies I haven't seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, a bunch of anime for sure. Mm. Oh, yeah, I didn't recognize any of those names. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're pretty good, obviously. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't be on my list. Of course. Um, yeah, a, bit, a huge mix as well. Um, oh, that's interesting. Okay, <laughs> I guess now it's 11 to 20. 20. The Devil Wears Prada. 19. Lost in Translation. 18. Kingdom of Heaven, specifically the director's cut. Not the not the theatrical cut, that's garbage. 17, Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> and now a bunch of animated movies. 16, The Emperor's New Groove. 15, The Incredibles. 14, Ratatouille. 13, Lilo and Stitch. And then we have at number 12, Casino Royale. And number 11, Summer Wars. Beautiful. I love that. Uh, you have like such a great list. And now, what's your number 10? I have one honorable mention. Wow. This is, is this a first? Yeah, this is a serially hooked first. And it is because, remember how I talked about that nexus between movies that I love and movies that are good? Mm-hmm. I think, in all honestly, honesty, I couldn't include this as one of the best movies. Uh, but it's probably like in just my favorite rankings really really high up and defined a lot of my life uh in in this time period in particular um and it is the diving bell and butterfly uh directed by i've never heard of that yeah it's a french movie um by directed by julian schnabel i can't pronounce his name Mm. I felt so bad there for a second, but uh, it's a, a, I don't know. It's just like a very touching story. It kind of hits me close to home. It's just about this guy who gets into a car accident and, or he goes through like a, I forget exactly what it's called. It's something that they call locked in syndrome in that he can't, he's completely paralyzed. He can only blink one eye or something like that. And he then, through that dictates his own memoir through his uh, wow. uh, blinking eye, essentially. Um, yeah, it's a, such a really cool story. It's beautiful. It, I mean, one best director for Cannes. Like the the entire opening shot of the film is like, or there's a sequence that is all shot from his perspective, which is absolutely gorgeous. It, it obviously, you know won a bunch of awards and it's so gorgeous beautiful and it's just a great story so something that i loved but i just like in good conscience couldn't put it up in the top 10 for me <laughs> um but it was very hard to take off so i do have for the first time in serially hooked history an honorable mention i guess last time you had 16 honorable mentions because you could you there were 17 movies or something that were vying for the 10th spot if you remember ah, true 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 so i had six that were like close but those i wouldn't mm-hmm. even call honorable mentions those i just like wouldn't I have guess. i don't know oh, this well. is because they're not those were just mentions this is an honorable mention <laughs> <laughs> the others weren't honorable Fuck nope me. they're dishonorable mentions wow um all that said <laughs> my number 10 here we are 
we're finally getting into it. My number 10 is a movie that I know you do not care for and a movie that is probably the devil in your mind, but it is 2007's Iron Man. Mm -hmm. It it basically changed the all of film industry (laughs) entirely. It has um, it changed entirely what we could do with superhero movies in general it set a new i mean the the genre of superhero films in this era is really interesting because while the 2010s are more or less formulaic or development of some sort of formula the 2000s are more of this like still within this discovery of what could be done and you have so many different visions that are competing and going back and forth and it in, in the end it is Iron Man is by itself is just such a good movie. The score is absolutely amazing. Robert Downey Jr. is transcendent in his performance, obviously, and that kicks off everything that comes after this, obviously. But it is something that, yeah, it, it just it's one of those movies that is so iconic and it was so beloved by me at the time as well. And it's just it's just a great movie. Yeah, it's hard to really couch its import or you know it's so part it's so hard to bring us back to that time where this movie just came out especially because where we are now living in this mcu universe that is just but it all comes back to this one film and it's the success of it's what this one film and this it's like iron man changed film history so it's there it's number 10 for me yeah i i remember that's one of the few uh mcu movies that i've actually watched so but it's it's not on my list. Spoiler alert. Uh, I mean, I would be I, very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I totally, I totally understand that it's there. And yes, it is very. I mean, it's very important, less so than uh, like as the the movie itself, but for what it signifies, you know. So, but I yeah, it's great. My number ten is a movie called The Life of Others. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's uh, it won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Picture, or Foreign Language Picture. It's about the um, uh, about East Germany's sec- secret police about like spying on their own population. It's it's, it's very well made. It r- still holds up. It's it's just, yeah. It really shows you like a piece of like recent history and like what how it happened and uh what that meant for the people and yeah it's very impressive still and yeah it's uh, i like it a lot sounds great sounds really interesting i'll, I'll have to check it out at some point yeah, yeah seriously um, it's yeah. pretty good oh I and mean, what kind of tone does the movie bring to the story if you mind me asking Ooh, a dark one it's not a thriller or anything it's just Obviously, it's about an oppressive system, so it's not like it's not like a comedy. Yeah, I mean, you can make comedies about these sorts of things, I suppose, but this one is just, yeah, it's it's not a happy movie. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. I mean, it doesn't sound like a happy setting, so no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my my number nine, and this is where we get into where things diverge and things that I mean, it diverged from the very beginning. But my number nine, uh, Devil Wears Prada. 2006 nice. film directed by David Frankel, starring Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, Stanley Tucci, Simon Baker, Emily Blunt, Adrian Grenier. It's just like a cr- incredible cast. Um, mm. Iconic movie, iconic uh, performance by Meryl Streep. 
which is a lot of her performances anyways. Mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway, who has had some questionable choices in the past, um, living her best life in this film, in my mind. Uh, just a great film. Uh, if you, I mean, if you haven't heard of the film about a character named Andy who recently graduated college as a journalist, uh, she gets a job at a, run, at a runway magazine working for this editor who's very diabolical, Miranda Priestly, uh, played by Meryl Streep. And... It is just a great ride. It's funny. It's uh, emotional. Not too emotional, but it's just it's just an iconic movie, I guess. So Yeah, and an amazing screenplay by Aline Brosh McKenna as well. Yes, 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 yes. So good. So, sounds good. All right. Okay, number nine is a movie that I have only watched this year. Uh, that's why it's not higher on the list in a way, because... It doesn't have it's an it's an amazing movie. It's it's just yeah, it's incredible. It's a lot of a lot of people hold it in very high regard. I do too, but it's just just because I have watched it only this year, uh, it uh, like it's just on number nine, and it's the uh, Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Man. Oh, that's such a good movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, it's it is kind of a perfect movie, but. Again, I mean, obviously, so many. It's it's a very like narratively speaking, it's very unusual. It has just an interesting structure. It has amazing performances, great writing. Um, you know, Javier Bardem in an iconic role, but everybody involved is just you know Josh Brolin, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Everybody is super super good in this one. It's it's like a very I don't know. There are some scenes in there, like uh, one scene, like five minutes or two minutes in that when I saw when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm feeling like a little uneasy right now. Um, so, you know, you got to be in the mood for that. But it's an amazing movie. Yeah. And for sure, definitely a movie you have to be in the mood for. Mm-hmm. All right. So my number eight. And now we get into animated territory a little bit. My number eight is 2004's Howl's Moving Castle. Nice. By Hayao Miyazaki. And, of course, music by... Joe Hisaishi. Yeah, check out our first weekly hook for that. Oh, deep cut, deep cut. (laughs) I'm not going to say much more because this might be on your list. You know what? It's a good movie. We're just going to move on. It's great. I think it's it's my favorite Miyazaki film and one... Miyazaki film had to be on here so wow you're just moving on just like that I'm just moving on it's such a good movie just watch it if you don't watch it just I don't know what are you doing with yourself (laughs) seriously Uh, my number eight is also a Hayao Miyazaki movie actually (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it's Spirited Away oh nice oh that's so good obviously won uh, won the Academy Award um, and uh it's still not my it's not even in my top three Miyazaki movies but I just it's it's just a just a ride it's visually like it's a it's a visual spectacle it has a nice story and and you know Miyazaki's movies are just you know one of a kind they the the feeling that they give you I just I could watch Miyazaki movies all the time and i did so <laughs> especially in the in the 2000s um though this one was one that i watched kind of late 
I didn't watch it after, like until years after it got it was like out. But yeah, it's a great movie, and uh, I uh, yeah, that's all I can say about it. Sounds good. Wow, my uh, this is going to be very how do I say controversial. Okay. I think so. My number seven. And I can't believe I'm doing this, honestly. Ah, because I'm pulling a last minute audible and I don't like when I do this. But my number seven is officially 2001's Shrek. Um, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of animated films to include. And I think I have, I let, I, in a lot of these rankings, led with some things that I think changed a lot of things about film in general and Shrek definitely changed a lot about what we expect from children's films with fairy tales with the writing of how things were it's a movie that I just obviously loved the cast is really great in this film Um, it's something that meant more to me back in the day than a lot of other animated films Uh, when it it just like I don't know I don't know why it's on here honestly I can't really explain nostalgia yeah, there's the nostalgia for you. But that combined with it being a good film, a great film, honestly, the only good film to come out of DreamWorks probably in the last 50 years. But I'm sure there's another. Don't, yeah, don't get mad at me. <laughs> I forgot something. But, there are some good ones, yeah. Yeah. But Shrek is, uh, it, it's iconic in that it stands a lot of tests of time. It pushes what we know from fairy tale movies. It... It has it's built on tropes that have lasted since the 1930s or even even before that, honestly, and it kind of sets in a new wave of just undermining what we expect from every single narrative or type of story, and it's built in such a way it combines satire, which I absolutely love, with just generic generic comedies, and has a cute love story in between there and messages about. You know, it's not loving for oneself, not one's appearance, or loving oneself for who one, loving loving a person out, person, loving yourself for who you are. I can't speak today, but I, I'm just like I'm so dumbfounded by the fact that I put Shrek on here, but yeah. Shrek is up there, Shrek number seven. Okay, that's I would say the first big surprise in doing these movie lists. Yeah, there um, it is. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I understand why it's there. Um, and that's all I'm going to say to it and tell you my number seven is Alfonso Cuaron's Children of Men. God, all your movies are so depressing. <laughs> they're so good, but they're so good. They're all so good. Maybe that like is a good window into your childhood versus mine. I'm putting Shrek and you're putting No Children oh, Children of Men. Yeah. Um, Such a good movie though. So good. It is, it is amazing. It has yeah. probably the best single take, like long shot Ever. of of cinema history or one of the best anyway and uh an amazing performance by clive owen as well uh the uh, by, i mean the direction is what really and the cinematography is why it's so high up but uh you know uh i said last time kind of a tiebreaker for me always is the rewatchability and it is very much rewatchable but again you have to be in the mood for it and um there are definitely other movies it, this one was kind of there are like three movies tied and I went with like rewatchability and that one kind of fell off for me personally, just because you have to be in that specific mood. 
um but it is it is a masterpiece and yeah i i it's it's just amazing honestly like it's so 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 good and much more rewatchable than a lot of people think and i would yeah. argue more rewatchable for some reason inexplicably than no country for old men mm-hmm. which i think that that's what you said that was on your list wow did i already forget what you said uh i'm <laughs> so mad nine, at, yeah yeah <laughs> That was two places ago. How am I supposed to remember anymore? I don't know. It's just but, Shrek is just, you know, just a cleanser in a way. It just ruined my entire brain. It blew mm. my, my own brain, let alone yours. But we're going with it. And yeah, so I can't believe I put Shrek as number seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's done is done. So what's it, our number six? My number six is, and I can't believe I'm doing this again. What is wrong with me? What were I doing when I was thinking making this list? I was just probably tired and like having a bunch of uh booster symptoms but number six the dark knight is my mm. uh number six mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, ironically not my favorite movie from the trilogies from this that trilogy but yeah. it is i think it just like again similar in some ways to iron man it just you take yourself back to that time it just captured everyone's imagination it is a good movie obviously Heath Ledger's performance is good all those things are overdone and overrated, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it is still. I, I have been going watch, going back and watching some some points from that movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's still a great movie for sure. And for all those reasons, it's it's hard to just like remove it from some of the hype that is surrounds it as well, because it's seen as the bastion of like all great movies. And it also, if you look at uh what's interesting so you look at iron man and dark knight the two superhero movies so far they are diverging visions that one that dc and marvel kind of both ran with and dc tried to do what the dark knight succeeded with but then changed creative visions and we're try- was trying to make it more malleable and that sort of uh, not sort of it failed miserably both critically and in the box office versus what the model that iron man set um what did was that divergence was much much more successful and and it's a very very interesting take on both of these different films and this is all encapsulated between the dichotomy of dark knight and iron man but all that said the dark knight was an incredible movie it it also was one of those first movies that were able to be seen on like true big imax screens which was such a view of like a movie going experience when movie going experiences were a bigger thing honestly it seems like now imax is a dime a dozen it doesn't really it we've gotten to the point where it's overdone and it doesn't it's very rare that you find a movie that makes you really really justify seeing it in that kind of capacity but um it was just an incredible movie so that's a dark knight number six yeah, that's probably the biggest divergence if you had asked me 10 years ago to make this list. Yeah. Uh, and it just, yeah, I was ob- like, as everyone, I was super hyped about this movie, uh, especially Heath Ledger's performance. And I think that one still holds up. But if you look critically at what, you know, Bruce Wayne slash Batman does in this movie, it's not great. Um, and, you know, all of these things, but it was epic at the time for sure um my number six is a very different movie it's a movie i've actually made a weekly look about uh, and it's a single man the uh, ah, yes 
the film by Tom Ford with an amazing performance by Colin Firth. Uh, again, I've I've made an entire or yeah, I've made a I've made a weekly hook about it. So you know, go check that out if you want to hear more about it. But it is it is kind of in the mid tier of the three of the three way tie because I think it is very rewatchable and it is kind of there are more times when I'm in the mood to watch that one than Children of Men. So there you are. I sound yeah. It's, I mean, from what you said on the Weekly Hook, it uh, sounds like a beautiful movie. I still haven't watched it yet. That's my fault. Yeah. I you should for that. I should <laughs> hang your head in shame and tell me what your number five is. My number five, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Such a fun movie to watch. Uh, Quentin Tarantino at his finest. Uh, just so hilariously gorgeous. Uh, obviously, um, why can't I remember his name right now? Why can't I remember his name right now? Oh my God, uh, Christoph Waltz. Waltz. Yeah, Christoph Waltz. Uh, just I, I, I just can't. I'm just like um, absolutely speechless for how good he is and his performance. Mm. So, uh, Inglorious Bastards, number five. Yeah, that's another one of those where you know, it's not it's not super high on the list. Uh, I agree, Christoph Waltz is amazing. The first ten minutes of this movie are just astounding but i think the rest it kind of falls off and there are some over-the-top things in there that obviously quentin tarantino uh is fond of and things like part of his art and i've loved that when i was a teenager and in my early 20s but in my late 20s i gotta say that's not really my thing anymore but i still appreciate it a lot so yeah my number five is uh, Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead. Oh my God, such a good movie. It's so good. It has such an amazing message as well. And, um, you know, you you think, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's just like a comedy about like the, a zombie apocalypse. And, but it's as, as these kinds of things go, like the, it's a stand-in for much bigger things. It's about the, the like, about society and people's individual relationships and uh, just honestly like just an amazing feat to have accomplished Um, and it definitely has the highest like rewatch value for me of the three of Shaun of the Dead, A Single Man and Children of Men to only three very very different movies Um, but if I look at the last 15 years that's definitely the one that I've watched the most uh, by a long shot and yeah, that's why it's my number five. That's a great movie. Uh, it's by far, uh, not by far, but definitely the best of the, its trilogy, I would say. Well, Hot Fuzz is more popular, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, I go um, back and forth on that. Yeah, Which, what do you think is the best? Uh, I definitely, or you mean, I think Hot Fuzz is by, is by far the more popular. Yeah, for I sure. I that's uh, debatable, but um, between yeah, you think... Yeah. I recently changed my mind, and you will find out later. Oh, oops, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, well, what am I at number now? Four. Number four. Um, my number four um, is another <laughs> Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> I'm just laughing at myself now. I'm making so many changes last second because I am floundering. But my number four is kill bill volume one 
I when I think about there are some issues with Kill Bill. Obviously, you mentioned some of the over at the top stuff. I I don't mind it um, maybe as much as you do at this point. But when I think of colors and cinematography and set design and a lot of like the things that I really hold to such a high standard. And when I look at films today, even um, a lot of that was built for me while watching Kill Bill and how it is such so beautifully put together. Every single scene, every single like note of the film is just, it's just so gorgeous in the way that it, uh, it portrays and displays so many things. Um, from it's the opening sequence till the last fight in the snow. It's just, I, I really, really enjoy this film. Uh, the second movie falls off in my opinion, but the first Kill Bill I think is, um, I'd said Inglorious Bastards with, uh, is Quentin Tarantino at his finest, but I think Kill Bill is just a notch above it. And I guess you could see the movies or the, some of the director, the director that I like in this period of time. And I really mm-hmm. couldn't knock either of the, either of these films off, but Kill Bill is just a tiny, a teeny bit better because I think it's a more beautiful film than Inglorious Bastards. But yeah, it's more yeah. balanced in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I just, I love this film so much. Kill Bill. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, which is, which was kind of a problem with a lot of movies. Yeah, well, same, same. There's so many movies I haven't seen in so long. And that's leading to some of the issues that I have with uh, ranking movies in the top 2000s. Yeah, I mean, my top, I don't know, 25 or whatever. I've seen all of them in the last five years for sure. But I don't know. Sometimes it gets like a little little weird. Um, My number four is V for Vendetta by the Wachowskis. Yes. such a obvious all also like talk about stylistically you know leaving its mark um it's it's a great movie it's a great adaptation um has um uh, difficult scenes in there for sure um but overall just yeah incredible incredible art honestly and that's not one that i you know Although it, it totally could be compared to movies I have previously mentioned, I have a way easier time to watch that one, and uh, obviously has a has a great message. Um, the way it is handled is great. It has just also the cast. I mean, the cast for <laughs> like all of the movies in my top ten are are great, but uh, but this one also is is really cool you know we've talked about the mandalorian quite a bunch but obviously v also as a masked uh you know one of the main uh characters who is masked and what what difficulties and or rather what what a creative challenge and uh you know the wachowskis and uh hugo weaving did an did a tremendous job with that and natalie portman obviously acting and everyone else acting uh, with him as well. So, yeah, it's a great movie. No, it's absolutely incredible. One of those movies that is unforgettable. And somehow I forgot to put it on my top 10. No, it's, it's on my extended <laughs> no, list for sure. Not again. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it, was, it was on like the extended list of mm. like what 15 or something like that okay. so it, it was really close but that both that and Shaun of the dead so your list is like 
close, actually closer than it seems when you mm-hmm. actually take the top 10 because yeah. the last minute choices I've made have been very <laughs> uh, 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 regrettable in some cases. Well, but we all have to live with uh, the outcome of our decisions. So what's your number three? My number three, Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just so good, honestly, so good. I've watched that movie so many times. One of the funniest movies ever. Obviously, Tina Fey is freaking Tina Fey. It, it's just I love that movie. I don't know what else to say about this film. I think everyone has seen this movie or should have seen this movie by this point. Um, but it's one of those movies that stands the test of time so well. Uh, and I don't, yeah, just. That's just it. It's just it. It is the movie. So, mm. yeah. Wow. I sense I sense a great disturbance in the force right now. But we'll talk about this later. Oh um, no! <gasps> oh no! Did I forget something again? Uh, oh, no. Maybe not. Or you intentionally left something off. Okay. Um, oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> shit! Uh, or you bro- you broke our agreement, which I would. I would be very mad about. What was the um, agreement? Oh no! I guess we'll talk about this. All right, stay tuned. Until the end. <laughs> Chris yells at me for thirty minutes. Um, All right. Yeah, my number three is Hot Fuzz. Um, yeah. I, I was really going back and forth. I really love Shaun of the Dead. Maybe it is a better movie. I think Shaun of the Dead is amazing. Hot Fuzz. I don't know. I think. Yeah. Ask me. Like any day you ask me, I have a different answer. Which one of them I like more? Um. But just Hot Fuzz is just so like Shaun of the Dead obviously is like hilarious and weird, but Hot Fuzz is so absurd that that's kind of what pushes me over the edge to put, to include it in my top three. And uh, yeah, just also talk about talk about a cast and like when you look at I think it had a budget of like twelve million dollars or something, and that's just insane to think about. Um, Obviously, uh, just a quick shout out for anyone who is into Edgar Wright's movies. Uh, obviously, watch them, but also watch uh, Mikey Newman's uh, video essays on them on his YouTube channel, FilmJoy. Uh, and that will definitely give you a greater sense of appreciation for for his movies. Um, and yeah, Hot Fuzz is just, you know, obviously Edgar Wright's take on uh, the like cop movie buddy cop especially in a sense and uh i would now just parrot what mikey says in his in his video essay so i will just leave it leave it you know watch watch that one and you'll see why i love it apart from it being an amazing movie obviously yeah hot fuzz is so 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 good um what an incredible movie and now it's bugging me so much what I've left off what I've made a mistake with again. Uh, what is this madness? <sighs> I guess you had clearly so much more time than I did. Oh, I, I, I remember I thought I made like a preliminary list of candidates in like just after we, we recorded the 2010s episode. So. Oh my God. So you're going to start working on the 90s already? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. Maybe, maybe. So, uh, my number two, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Mm, okay. Um, just, just it's, does it have to be explained? This movie won everything. 
just did everything. It, it satisfied so many people, mm. blew up the entire world in terms of everything that it did. Um, I actually, because it's so long, I haven't rewatched it as many times as some <laughs> of the other films, but it is uh, just a beautiful movie from beginning to end. Uh, it, well, beginning to end to end to end. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it yeah i know i just love uh lord of the rings return of the king and that's it yeah i i totally get it yeah. <laughs> um my number two is howl's moving castle yeah i figured somewhere it's, yeah <laughs> i'm like it's, it's getting we're getting closer and i'm just like um yeah. <laughs> it has to be here where is it where is <laughs> yeah. it yes if it wasn't in your top 50 i would have been wow no 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 it had to be um I yeah I I watched that one twelve times in so I got I got the DVD and I watched it twelve times in the first two weeks that I had that DVD. Um, I was obsessed, obviously obsessed with it for for a long time. I think still think. I mean, obviously, it's a great movie. I I love obvious. It has one of the best pieces of film music ever created, in my opinion, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. The story is great. It's like a little um, weird at some points, like the the pacing and just the narrative structure is a little bit wonky at times. And like the the last, third, like the last act is definitely weird. Um, should have could have used another draft, I guess. But I I think they don't even do drafts with uh, with with Miyazaki. They just do storyboards. I think. Um, yeah, I just, I love this movie so much. I know it, it has its weaknesses, but I will forever love it. And this is why I said nothing about it earlier. <laughs> so you, please do now. Uh, such a good movie. I know nothing. I don't have nothing to add to what you say because you know this movie much more intimately than I do. I just love this film. I think this is like a film that's the essence of your being. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So I'm I'm kind of surprised it's only number two, but uh-huh. alas, can't wait for number one. Well, but first, tell me, what's your number one? My number one is probably the movie that is um, most different than my number two that I could possibly find. Okay, and it is Lost in Translation. Oh wow, it's that high. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It is. I just it's just such a beautiful human story. Uh mm. Sofia Coppola just knocks it out of the freaking park. Um it it's basically it, it's just I don't understand how this movie was made. Honestly, with no mm. money, with no time, with no resources, but just with Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson that just obviously Anna Ferris and Giovanni Rubisi, like all these people are in it, right? And obviously the Japanese cast, it is set in Tokyo. <laughs> Let me just not forget that. But it is such a beautiful, like, messaging of, you know, just like, uh, it's just so good. I love this movie from top to bottom. And Sofia Coppola is an inspiration, um, honestly, in, in everything that she is. And I 
uh, just so so i just don't know i'm speechless for how much i love this film and how much it speaks to me and my sense of self as well and it can't do it can't be so different from i think almost every single one of these movies except for maybe a no no every single one is so different than this movie none of them really speak as much to the human experience as this one does and yeah so this movie is is the top for me top to top i totally totally understand and if you had asked me like at various parts in the last few months whether that movie would be in my top 10 i would have said yes and i'm really surprised i surprised myself that it wasn't um when it came down to actually ranking all of the movies um but i love this movie so much and uh i have a very very similar movie as my number one but first we should probably talk about lord of the rings because yes. you only have the so rashad I, I said earlier that Rashad was saying we should um, include all of the animated movies, and I agreed because I totally get why. And I also totally understood why he refused to let me <laughs> just pick Lord of the Rings as one movie. Um, yeah. I totally get that, but I just said that, okay, if 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 Rashad cannot include Star Wars in his 2010s i can i can not include a lot of the rings in my 2000s because it is it transcends cinema for that decade for me in a way it i'm mm -hmm. so i have such a talk about like that's obviously like the most nostalgic movie for me and i do say movie i know it's three movies whatever it's one book three volumes so I could I could say it could and I I have watched this move like this as one movie multiple times as the extended cut so that's like 12 hours of cinema right there um I would say uh Return of the Kings is probably my least favorite of the three um I go back and forth between Fellowship and Two Towers which one I prefer more again like any given day um and so I've decided not to include uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, but my number one is a, is a little movie called Before Sunset. Never heard of it. <laughs> you have heard of it, uh, definitely. I've definitely talked to you about it. Oops. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it is, it is a sequel, if you will, uh, to a movie by Richard Linklater. Uh, we're starring oh, Ethan Hawke and Sorry. Julie Debbie, and I just it's it isn't because you know Lost in Translation is basically two people talking all the time and experiencing a city. That's exactly what Before Sunset is. <laughs> um, that's what all of the like what Before Sunrise, the first movie that came out in I think ninety five or something like that, um, was as well, and. Yeah, it's r super interesting to me because I used to love Before Sunrise so much more. Um, but now as time has changed and I have aged, it has shifted for me and I much more align with the characters in this movie than the first one. Um, people will, re will remember the third 
installment before midnight was also in my was i think it was in my top uh like 11 to 20 somewhere around there of the 2010s but this movie just speaks to me on so many levels um also because uh something like before sunrise has uh happened to me once and maybe on some point i hope that something like before sunset might happen to me at some point but it is literally two people walking through a city talking all pretty much in real time and it also like stylistically narratively speaking it's it is perfect it has like this amazing like time constraint it has this perfect structure um which you think you know it's just two people talking how how could that be structured but it totally is um lessons from the screenplay has an amazing video on that and i i could i could watch this movie every day for a month and i wouldn't be bored with it because i love the two characters i love what they go through i really see myself in that and i just love this type of movie so it actually was pretty clear from the beginning that if I'm not including Lord of the Rings because Lord of that's just unfair, uh, this one's my number one, and I love it so much. I have such a such a deep deep appreciation and love for this movie. I love it. I, I love every second of what you said. I've never heard of seeing this movie. Um, I forgot about it. Sorry. <laughs> I know you told me about it before, <laughs> but it just sounds so beautiful and sounds like everything that we love about cinema. Mm-hmm. God, I'm looking at my list and I'm very dis. I very hate. I hate my list. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hate my list. I'm like, what was I thinking? Oh no! I think I went uh, too hard on the nostalgia. I think I did mm, that. Yeah, I think I maybe. definitely went hard too hard. I fucking putting Shrek in this. I'm just like, it was all nostalgia. I think what I did here. But <laughs> with that said, I'm happy with my number one choice. And that's yes. all that matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after the disaster of last time, uh, yeah, for getting a very important movie, uh, now now you've made your peace. And yeah, it's it's kind of a, I don't know. I feel okay. Let me actually go through this. I um, I would have expected three or four of these movies, but the other ones are a surprise i didn't know you love lost in translation and uh, the devil was prada so much i like that yeah yeah those two movies i really like the devil was prada is something that i probably should knock off knowing myself because it is nostalgia heavy Mm. uh but yeah uh, yeah the the ones okay if i if i were to redo this is i'm not changing my list i am committed (laughs) to my list I love I love my okay. list for all of its flaws, but I hate my list. So if I were to like I got reaction, which ones would I kick off? Or which no. Yeah. Yeah, which ones would I kick off? I would probably kick off Shrek, Devil Was Prada, Dark Knight, Inglorious Bastards. That's it. Maybe no, that's it. Those four mm-hmm. I would kick off and replace with others. I mm-hmm. there's others like, I don't know, random movies. Wow. Well, I don't know. Maybe next time go to go through the list again before <laughs> before recording. Oh yeah, I should definitely go through the list again. It's uh, a <laughs> it's a weird uh, weird constraint or weird constraints yeah. to the situation. But here we are. Um, yeah. Do you want to hear my extended list? Please. 
Um, so extended list in no particular order because I don't. Mm. You're not a crazy person like I am. Um, but I say maybe the top five extended lists. Uh, um, Departures, a Japanese film. Um, mm-hmm. M- Memento, Viper Vendetta, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima. Very Japan heavy, actually. Weird. I didn't know that. Um, Is it weird? Extending from that. Yeah. No, no, it's not weird. But for that time, <laughs> it was weird. For that time, it was so weird. Yeah. I didn't know anything about France, uh, Japan back then. Every, I was very French-centric back then. Mm. Um, extending beyond that, we have Training Day, Spirited Away, Lilo and Stitch, Spider-Man 2, Azkaban, Batman Begins, Blood Diamond, Little Miss Sunshine, Pan's Labyrinth, Inconvenient Truth. Actually, the only documentary in the whole thing. Juno, mm. uh, No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, District 9, Amelie, um, Hot Fuzz, Darjeeling Limited, The Tenenbaums, oh, Royal Tenenbaums, sorry, um, Casino Royale, Pre- The Prestige, Children of Men, and things like Anchorman, X2, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, 500 Days of Summer, and then the Pixar section with Ratatouille, Monsters, Incredibles, Wally, Up, and Nemo. Just <laughs> 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 all of yeah. the Pixar movies. <laughs> There were a bunch of movies that I haven't seen in like 15 years or I haven't seen yet yeah. that I just couldn't include in the list. I tried to watch them before, but decided against it. Um, yeah. You know, Collateral, Smart. Training Day, Memento, Napoleon, Dynamite, Little Miss Sunshine, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and Paprika. All of those, you know, I haven't watched in a long time or never watched, but... um that's interesting that's a good idea i should have had a rule where if i haven't watched the movie in the past like five to ten years i shouldn't include it Mm -hmm. that would have been a good idea yeah hence my rewatchability thing right so ah smart that's a good metric i think i think um i have ideas for for future lists for future top tens i see Ooh. I think we can. Is, is is that is that a cliffhanger? Yes, that's a cliffhanger. Turn tune in next time when we do the movies of the nineties at some point in the future. <laughs> Not next time, but next time we do this movie thing again. <laughs> oh man! Well, this is fun. Always a fun experience. I always leave these lists one way or another. We've only done this twice, but I always leave them very um, conflicted. But. Let's not make this a tradition. So <laughs> you can recover from that <laughs> by having an amazing eight, 90s list. I will absolutely do my best for the next one. Also, I did my best for this one. Don't, don't like, uh, I don't know. I, feel, I, I don't know what I'm Mate, doing. Mate, you're the one who has regrets. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Live with your regrets and move on. <laughs> sure. But I hope you, dear listener, don't have regrets uh, listening to this episode. Beautifully done. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. So, Chris, if people liked what they heard, what should they do to support the podcasts? Definitely rate us wherever you listen to the show, whether that's Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever else. But if you can, definitely do it on Apple Podcast. And if they want to reach out, what should they do? Yeah, the, sorry. Uh, 
yeah, there are multiple ways you can do that, all of which you can find at our website, serialhooked.com. Thank you very much. This was a fun ride. Yay. Movies. <laughs>